We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. pregame show here on roto grinders i'm jordan cooper aka blender ed blender hd you're gonna follow me on twitter and it's monday march 20th and you know what we do on mondays it's mondays with mccool we bring in james mccool the co-author with me on the theory of daily fantasy sports 15 hour audio dfs masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com as well as the uh theory for dfs for advanced players which includes uh james mccool's uh Wonderful uh, custom Excel tools for you to use to uh, help you select and build lineups and, mm-hmm. and analyze mm-hmm. the slate, analyze everything. So uh, pick that up at theoryofdfs.com. Give me those thummy thumbs on your way in the door. Good morning to Defic, Wata, Suki Singh, Bart B. Thumbs ups, questions in the chat. Send your questions in, MLB ones, right? That's what we're talking about this week and next week. We're, uh, we're going through the basics. MLB DFS, questions at theoryofdfs.com. Email them in, questions at theoryofdfs.com. James, baseball's back. Baseball's back and it's better than ever. Hey, uh, hey, uh. baseball's back. Uh, yeah, it's back. I mean, kind of. We we don't know if we're actually going to get a season if everybody gets injured at the, at the World Baseball Championship. Is there any uh, relief pitchers don't matter? Well, relief pitchers don't matter, but uh, who was it? It was um, Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve broke his thumb. He's out for a month. Uh, I think it was Freddie Freeman had like a hand thing. I don't know. Everybody's dying, basically. And that's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, yeah. I mean, we'll just have have backups the entire time. But but it's not like basketball where it's like, oh, Freddie Freeman is out. That means you got to play like three other guys from the Dodgers because is he on the Dodgers still? Uh, yes. Did he move? I don't know. I don't find out. I don't find out who's on what team until like the day before. Yeah. I I actually don't know right now either. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty free. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 all I know is that Jacob DeGrum is on the Rangers. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's yep. He's on the Rangers. Uh, that'll be fun for the small amount of time that he actually actually gets to pitch until he gets injured. Um, that'll be great. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for baseball season to be back. I've been putting in a lot of work on the on the baseball product over at uh, Paydirt. I built a really cool thing that does um, it does stack permutations for different teams and then like cuts them down based on a couple different factors so that you can like see that kind of stuff. It's kind of like the first step to optimizing before I actually build an optimizer that I don't want to build because <laughs> I don't want to build an optimizer. It's very similar to, to Derek Hardy's stack rankings in the bat yeah 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 like as far as the permutations of like here 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 at four man stacks for teams their value versus their projection you know for for all the combinations and how and then he goes like in the top 500 you know how many from each team are in the top 500 top 250 top fifth like i mean that it's it's very it's very broad it's value driven, but I mean, I'm assuming it's a, it's a similar type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm using logic kind of like that, um, uh, where I am putting together all the different combinations of three, four and five man stacks. Uh, and then I'm using some logic from theory DFS, uh, which you can find and buy, uh, from portfolio trimmer so that you can trim down based on projection and ownership and everything like that too. So there's going to be a lot of cool things involved in it that, um, I think, are, is really going to be useful. Uh, th this baseball season, I'm really focusing a lot on. Um, I don't know, I'm I'm trying to focus a little bit more on stack selection because I think in the past I have been a little bit. I don't want to say uh, lackadaisical about it, but I probably have not focused on it enough. Like you and I have had plenty of discussions uh, on this show about how people skip steps in stacks like go like that or people don't want to skip steps that they they like force in the two three four five or two three four six or whatever um and you and i have both mostly agreed that while that is nice like the, the extra added correlation is nice it's not the end of the world if you end up skipping two spots in the order like you can still make that stack work because when you stack a team, you assume they're going to score 10 plus runs and be the team that scores most runs on the slate. So you don't know who's going to hit the home run. Like the, the eight hitter might hit a home run. The, the eight, four, three, one stack might crush it. I don't know. But um, I, I do want to focus a little bit more on stack selection from an ownership perspective and uh, try to say, okay, well, yeah, I could do that. But the two, three, four, six is not going to be as high owned as it should be. So I might as well just go with that. Cause that's something that I think has been a blind spot for me. And I, I think it's especially useful on the, for the chalkier teams, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the way that you could play a, a Oh, well uh, the Braves are going to be, you know, over-owned. It's like, yeah, well it's over-owned if you're going to play, you know, these types of five man stacks, but if you're going to play, if you're going to leave out Acuna, assuming he's still on the team, right? Right. <laughs> I think he's still on the Braves. Uh, if, you, if you're going to leave off Acuna and play two, three seven eight nine it's like well that's that that's 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 on that's actually under owned right even though it's from the most owned team so like there there is a, there is a difference and a lot of times these tools will tell will show like of all the stack combinations you can make the team is over owned but mm -hmm. in intermixed in between them are heavily owned stacks and heavily over owned stacks and then maybe moderately under-owned mm -hmm. versions of that. 
And that gets down to, you know, we'll, we'll talk about combinatorics, that it's not just the ownership of individual players. It's the ownership of combinations of players. And in a more correlated sport, where people are more likely to build lineups that are correlated, the ownership is also going to be correlated in some way. Right. Yeah, and that's that's the other part is whenever we talk about ownership, um, it's really, really important. Like with NFL, uh, we have a little bit of correlated ownership, but not like a lot, a lot. I mean, even when people are stacking the Chiefs, all of the Travis Kelsey lineups are not going to be, or I mean, the, the majority of Travis Kelsey lineups are probably not going to be with Patrick Mahomes. I think there will be a lot, but the majority I think will be more one-offs because people are going to be going with cheaper quarterback stacks and trying to get Travis Kelsey as the payup. But when we're talking about MLB, that correlation begins to get a little bit tighter. And so, you know, if you, if you have the catcher from the Braves, people like to include catchers in their stacks. So if there's a cheap catcher, say he's like min price on the Braves and people are going ahead and stacking the Braves, he's likely going to be a part of a lot of Brave stacks so that you can fit Acuna and Ozzy Albies. And I, I don't remember who else is on the Braves, but that's something to keep in mind with correlated ownership. Well, for the, for the, for the first show in, in our MLB DFS series, I know we're, we're talking about all these concepts like, you know, correlation and stacking and, mm-hmm. and, and projection value. Uh, which obviously are concepts in uh, the theory of daily fantasy sports. Uh, it's the basics of you know how to play DFS. Mm-hmm. But let's say, let's say you're you're starting to play MLB DFS, and you have nothing. You got nothing, James. You got nothing at all. Okay, so you don't got projections, right? You don't got you. You don't have a roto grinder subscription, right? So you don't you know, you don't have the bat, right? You don't you have nothing. You like maybe you don't know much about baseball at all. Right, just like I don't, I don't, dude, I don't know who's on the Dodgers normally, let alone if Freddie Freeman's still on the Dodgers, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were approaching MLB DFS, and we'll separate a little bit the difference between GPPs and more cash-oriented games. If you were starting MLB DFS and you just didn't have anything, right? I I think that MLB is one of the few sports that you could actually make competitive lineups competitive. They may not be the best lineups, right? They may not be the highest EV lineups, but I think you can make competitive lineups without projections, without anything other than what's freely available without and doing any math, really, really. And I mean, maybe for some first grade math, uh, just heuristically. Yeah. Just based on how that the three concepts of projection, correlation, and leverage without getting the the most bluntest version of it. And I just wanted to go over uh, on today, like what those heuristics would be that if you didn't have anything, you're just like, I'm going to play one baseball slate, right? It's very similar to when they used to give out like tickets for free rolls and other sports. Like, oh, I got a hockey ticket. Mm-hmm. I don't know nothing about hockey. But it's like, how, how, is, how is the DFS game played so I could put together a competitive lineup? I don't plan on playing NHL DFS past today, but like, I at least want to have a competitive lineup. And of course, someone would say, well, the, well just pick, pick lines on teams, right? And don't play a goalie against an attacker, like kind of like that type of thing. Same thing in soccer. It's like, oh, God, I don't know who to play in soccer. It's like, it's like play set piece takers, play wide players, 
and play guys with high goal scoring odds. Then and don't play the defenders against play cheap wide players and at defense by default as a heuristic, you know, and that that that's probably okay. In MLB DFS, what would those what would some of those heuristics be? Stack teams with high totals. Don't play. Uh, well, well, let's let's go. Let's get let's get into the that one. Let's go. Okay. Let's go item by item. All right. Because stack team with high totals actually is two is actually two heuristics in one. Okay. So let's yeah. Let's let's let's, let's first get into. Uh, we talked about it just now with stacking. Yeah. Right. So stacking is is a form of correlation. Stacking meaning that playing multiple players, multiple hitters from the same team. Mm-hmm. And DraftKings, you're allowed up to five. Yep. FanDuel, you're allowed up to four. Mm-hmm. So, as a heuristic, if you were to go and say, "Okay, I'm 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 going to play a lineup. I have eight batter spots on DraftKings. Like, okay, I'm going to stack a team. I'm going to should I stack five people and then three people from another team? Should I stack four people?" And then four people from another team. Should I play three from one team, three from another team, two from another team? Should I ever be playing like one-off batters as a heuristic? Meaning that if you were to give someone a rule that they could blindly follow and go, you're least likely to make a mistake and most more likely to make a competitive lineup, what would you tell them? Five stack. Stack five people from one team. On DraftKings, stack the most that you can on whatever site you're playing. And how about the other spots? How about the other spots in the lineup? Uh, I I hate these these like oh just give me a super basic answer because there's no basic answer here. No, but, but I'm saying as a heuristic, I would say James that you take three from some other team. Three like, from some other team. See, right, and, and I was gonna and I was gonna say you should try to have one one off that's cheap so that you can have a competitive pitcher. But I get like the, the heuristic breaks down there because now we've gotten into pitchers and everything like that. Right. Well, I'm just if you if you just went into the slate and said for for eight spots in your lineup, right on DraftKings, mm-hmm. and you have the two pitcher spots, and on FanDuel you only have one pitcher spot. Then if you just went in and said, "What two teams do I want to play?" Mm-hmm. I want you, and you can choose whatever two teams you want. We're not going to get to the second part of your your sentence. You just, I'm just going to, I don't know. I don't know who's, I know that there's, there's 13 games today and there's 26 teams playing. I'll just, I could, I could close my eyes and randomly pick two teams mm-hmm. random and play whatever fits within my salary cap with the two pitchers. And we'll get to that five from one team and three from the other. Yeah. Right. And then just whatever fills as much of your salary as possible. We'll get into that also, but like just fit in five from one team and three. It's like, well, do I have to play them in order two, three, four? No, just five from one team and three from the other. The five could be six, it could be five, six, seven, eight, nine. It could be, it could be one, five, seven from what it don't worry about any of that from a heuristic standpoint. So just five, three. Just pick, I'm gonna play the Tigers and the Mariners. Okay. Like as you would be more likely, James, to build a competitive lineup than if you went in and and say, "Well, I'm going to play. I'm going to play five one-offs and maybe two guys from one team." Yeah, 
Yeah, you'd absolutely be more competitive. Absolutely. Now, the next question would be, heuristically, I'm going to build a lineup with five, with eight batters in it, five from one team, three from the other. How do I choose the teams? that I, If I wanted to choose the teams better, from a value standpoint, meaning that what makes one team more likely to score more fantasy points than mm-hmm. other teams, how would you go about doing that? How attractive they are. Yeah, oh, oh, physically attractive? <laughs> We're going to get into that? We're going to get into... The the, the 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 attractiveness model just like an NFL. Yeah, that's actually that's actually how Margaret builds lineups. My my wife she builds lineups for baseball based on how attractive hitters are. Um, so that's her. Did she stack the attractiveness? Uh, no, unfortunately not. No. Well, that's she only she plays cash games, so it's not necessary for. Oh, her okay, to okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay, okay. So like, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take five players from one team and three from another. Mm-hmm. How do I choose? How do I how how why would I take one team over the other? What what would what would be a factor in that? Based on team totals. If we're going with heuristics, then the teams with the higher team totals are going to typically score more runs and typically score more fantasy points. Okay, team totals. Yes. We got, yeah. where, where do I find those? Because remember, I have nothing. Like what what would be a team? How do I how do I figure out what, what the team's total is? Uh Google Vegas team totals MLB. So basically what you're saying is go 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 look on a sports book. Go look at the yeah, betting line. Sure. Yeah. But but I mean if we're using a heuristic here, people don't know what a sports book is, just go Google. Oh well, that. I mean that obviously they get to, I'm I'm talking about they don't have resources for DFS purposes. Okay. okay. So it's like, but okay, yeah. how do I find this for free? Right? And go, I'm just gonna look at I'm gonna look at the sports book lines, the totals of the games, and how large the spreads are between the two teams. Mm-hmm. And that, and mathematically, you could figure out implied team totals. Of course, you could also find that, like, you could Google implied team totals MLB, and someone will break down. You'll find you'll find that. Yeah. So you'll maybe find you'll that. Find, maybe you'll even find Roto Grinders if you do that. Right. Well, yeah, we we have that for free on Roto Grinders also. So you could you could look at our our uh, our like uh, our preview, like that we have every day for baseball that shows mm-hmm. all the starting pitchers and all all the, the implied team totals and stuff like that. We, 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 we publish that every day. So for free, so you don't even have to be a subscriber for that. So you can just look at that. Yep. So it's the type of thing where the, the game has a 10 total mm-hmm. and one team may have the impl- implied team total of 5.8 and one would have 4.2. And that's all based on the money line between the, yep. the two teams. So then one team a has, you know, 5.8. You may look at another game that has an eight total and one team is 4.2. The other team is 3.8. Mm-hmm. You may look at a, a, a game that has a nine total and one side actually is 6.2 mm-hmm. and the other side is 2.8. Like just because the, the total may be lower than other games, but one side is heavily favored. It's typically one of the games where a good offensive team with the start, the, the, the ace pitcher is facing like some garbage offensive it's usually, team. It's usually the Yankees versus the Pirates. It's usually. Right, or, yeah, right. <laughs> at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Right. So if you just looked at the team totals and said, okay, the two teams that I choose, the 5-3, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to target the teams that have the higher implied team totals. Because mm-hmm. if I didn't have projections, those would be the ones that are more likely to project from a raw points perspective, better. Yep. Right? Yep. 
Absolutely. Like you're um, you're not yet uh, James in your projections you, the team that that's uh, has an implied total under three are they ever going to project well from a raw standpoint? Not as a full team, no. Maybe you'll get. I, I mean, if we go back to the Pirates example here, maybe you'll get Brian Reynolds projected very well, but most of the team is going to project very badly. But even Brian Reynolds probably won't project well from a raw standpoint. Players may project well from a value standpoint. No, I mean, it. when when I break it down, I, I don't break it down completely based off of Vegas totals. So I guess I'm the wrong person to ask on that. Right. Um, but, but, but it is a fact, like the amount of runs that a team is likely to score in a game yeah. means two things. Okay, because people, people get the first one easily. They don't get the second one. And the second one may actually be more important mm -hmm. or as or at least as important as the first. A team that is more likely to score more runs, obviously, there's more points for them to. I mean, you talk. If I told you a team's going to score eight runs, well, they're going to get fantasy points, right? If I told a team that's only going to score two runs, right? Like they could lead tons of people on base, right? They could be steals, and yeah, they could get a bunch of fantasy points even without scoring many runs. Mm -hmm. But a team that scores ten runs is un. It's it's unlikely you're going to stack. You're going to take a stack of players that on a team that scores 10 runs, assuming no pinch hitters or anything like that, that you're not going to, you're not going to get several of the players that do well. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? That have scored in the double digits or something like that. Yeah. When, I mean, and that's, that's why we're trying to find those teams. Um, you're, you're right. That the more runs scored is very, very highly correlated with more fantasy. Points. And what, what, ha what happens when a team scores more runs? then more of the players are involved in those runs scored. Oh, but what additionally happens, like at, let's say it's the third inning and like they're, they're oh, at the top you get of the order. The yeah. No, 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 that's not, no, that, that is true. If, if in the third inning, mm -hmm. first guy gets on base, gets a walk, mm -hmm. second guy, it's a double second and third, third guy, Gets a walk. It's now bases loaded. Fourth guy gets a hit. Two run score. Yeah. Five, fifth guy hits a home run. Whatever the sixth, like, what what happens by what happens by the, the the seventh or eighth inning? Like, what 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 is happening as no outs are being recorded? As few outs are being recorded. It's just more people rounding bases and scoring runs, and scoring fantasy points. And what it, what in turn is that doing? Giving batters more at bats. Oh, more opportunities, more bats. More right. plate, more opportunities right. to score points. So right. like like if I if I told you, James, uh I'm not going to tell you this I'm not going to tell you how many runs the team score. Uh would you rather stack five hitters from a team where each of where each of their hitters in your stack will get four at bats for plate appearances? Or a five-man stack of all five players getting six plate appearances. Obviously, the second one more more opportunity. Uh, but but in the first one, in four plate appearances, all of them could have hit a, a grand a grand slam. I mean, that mm -hmm. is possible. Right? Yeah, but there we're also dealing with a sport where event-oriented things matter, and the more opportunities that you get, the more chances you have at events. So right. if all of those guys hit a grand slam in all four of their plate appearances, then you're missing out on two more grand slams that could be hit in the next two plate appearances. Because you can't score fantasy points when 
you're on the bench. Like you need right. plate appearances in order to score points. You need to get on base in order to score runs. And this is the reason why we saw during the, the COVID period when they had those seven inning double headers, mm-hmm. right? And then you'd look at the, the the teams and like they never projected well. No, like because you're taking away two innings, two possible innings of plate appearances. I mean, like like you have to literally take away like on average one plate appearance per batter. On the other hand, pitchers projected wonky because you could get a complete game shutout if they pitched through seven innings. Right. What an annoying period of trying to project things. That was so dumb. <laughs> but that's the basis of it. So you want to play teams that have high implied team totals. They would typically project from a raw points perspective. They Their salaries may be higher. Just understand that, that, oh, the Yankees have a 6.2 implied run total. And in order to stack them, you have to spend, you have to go mortgage your house in order to spend for the all five, all five batters. So it's mm-hmm. quite possible you may not be able to get to them. But in general, as a heuristic, at hitter, completely general, if you just did that, said, I'm going to look at the implied team totals, then I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to stack five from one of the higher ones and three from another one of the higher ones. And and these slates are, I mean, we have like 10 game, 12 game slates. So it's like, like, look at the top five, six team total teams. I mean, like, and pick two of them. I mean, just like they're, if you just did, if you just did that, James, does it have to be any more complicated than that? Uh, It does not have to be any more. It doesn't have, right. The key word is have to be, right. I'm just, that's why the, the, today's show is all about heuristics of someone that's someone that was playing NFL DFS, never played baseball, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. just like I'm coming in. I just want to build competitive lineups. We'll get into the detail to make your lineups higher EV past that. But just from today's standpoint, I want to be clear on heuristically, if you stuck to these heuristics, because we're going to get into more detail on other shows and we're going to start, start talking throughout the season and people make MLB DFS so much more complicated than what it is that I want them to be able to reference, like, here are the heuristics. It's like, instead of spending six hours on all this other crap, let's get down to the heuristics of, like, you're debating, should I stack four? Should I stack five? It's like, well, heuristically, stack as many as you can, right? If you could make a lineup with the two teams that it's a 4-4, then do it that way. Fine. Fine. Let's not debate this. It's heuristically Stack as many people from one team, and then the rest of your spot stack another team. Yeah. Like, well, I can't fit the three. Instead of fitting three guys from this team, I could fit a one-off Mike Trout in this lineup instead. Is that okay? Like, that? yeah, that's okay. Right? That's not like, oh, you broke or you have to stack. That's just like, but by default, you were just coming right into MLB DFS. Mm-hmm. Just pick two teams with high team totals and stack them. Yeah. Okay? From a value standpoint, what is the as a heuristic from a value and variance standpoint, what is the difference between pitchers and batters? Uh, pitchers have a much narrower range of outcomes based on projection. So it's much more likely that if a uh, pitcher is projected for 15 fantasy points, that they'll score somewhere between 10 and 20. 
whereas hitters have a much wider range of outcomes and can get you literally zero. Every single hitter's floor is zero, but they can score significantly more than their projection. So from a value standpoint, typically what we will see is that people will go after uh, value pitchers if they are available and spend up at hitter because they are more consistent, even though even though that's the complete opposite of heuristically what you should be doing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the reasoning why pitchers are less variant than batters is simply due to sample size is simply Mm -hmm. due to a pitcher is going to pitch like a hundred pitches in a game. A batter is going to get three to five plate appearances. So to get to their expected out, just like if we, just like if you play DFS, Mm -hmm. right? You I want to see whether or not you're if, if you pitted the Uticao versus Rando person in DFS, and he said, uh, we're gonna judge your play by force. You build one lineup for four slates, right? Each, right? You each get to build one lineup for four slates. How 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 much of an edge does the Uticao have over some random person? Four slates versus a hundred slates. Right. Yeah. I mean, over a hundred slates, he's going to be well over, but in four slates, anything can happen. Right. And a hundred slates might anything can happen also, but it's going to be less varying. If you said a hundred thousand slates, I'd say that the random person has almost no shot. Yeah. At over I, that I would say literally no shot. Right. So that's the reason why pitchers are less variant than hitters. And that's why, a $6,000 Mike Trout or Ronald Acuna or Julio Rodriguez or whatever can easily go over four. I mean, like, that's... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not out of that. I mean, that happens a lot, actually. Right? And it's also because MLB is event driven. The lowest, the 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 crappiest hitter in in the league could hit a home run that day. Yeah. And maybe he's only home run for the season, right? I mean, like he may have two stolen bases and a triple or something, and like best game of the season. But he's twenty seven hundred, batting ninth. It's Nicky Lopez for the Royals. Yeah, right. Like someone like that. Any, I mean, just like the top pitcher in the league. To give up a home run to the the eighth hitter on some on the Pirates, yeah, like that. 
that happens. Now, you have a lot of those types of people to choose from. You don't know what, which ones those are going to be. But you could outscore a, a 6K hitter with a 3K hitter like way more than you could do a 6K pitcher versus a, a 12K pitcher. Right. Exactly. Right. A 12K pitcher most likely is going to score significantly more on average than a 6K pitcher. So right. spending your money at pitcher has more value than spending your money at hitter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally agree so with that. Now let's get to pitcher, uh, starting pitcher heuristics. You don't know anything about baseball, right? You're just coming in. You you know the sports book lines. We, you, we have the preview page on Roto-Grinders. So it'll show you all the math. It'll show you, here's the starting pitchers. Here's the implied team totals. Stuff like stuff like that. And maybe maybe some pitcher stats, right? Maybe maybe they'll show like the, the projected pitch count and uh and the and the and the strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe it'll show you some of that type of stuff. Okay. I, I need to play two pitchers. What what's the heuristics on selecting a pitcher? Uh take the pitcher against the team with the lowest team total now. Okay, that's that's one possible heuristic. It's not the only one. Well, we were going step by step with hitters. Step so by step, okay. Go. So teams that are teams that have very low implied team totals, they're the pitcher that's starting is probably not going to give up many runs against mm-hmm. those teams. But but giving not giving up runs is not the way that ceiling works for pitcher in DFS necessarily, because you could have Zach Greinke with a against a 2.8 implied team total and he'll he'll go and he'll he'll pitch six innings with four hits and one strikeout and give up no runs and it's like okay I thank God he was only 6,500 because he's probably not going to put up 40 points ever yeah right so what what are other starting pitcher heuristics high strikeout rates we care about a lot uh, we care a lot about that um and pitchers in, mm, I don't want to say pitchers in position to get the win because that kind of stuff doesn't really matter all that much. But some people like to focus on that. I'd say the strikeout rate is probably the most important one. I'd I'd say that the the three things in combination would be low implied team total. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be number one. That would be likely the last yeah, strikeout rate and pitch count. Okay, sure. Pitch count view it the same, especially now. I mean, maybe it wasn't like this twenty years ago. But pitch count is very similar to what we talked about with hitters. The more opportunities, the more opportunities for points. Now, obviously, pitchers can get negative, so sometimes pitch count is bad for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but typically, they're knocked out of the game by that point. But there's there's a big difference between playing Domingo Herman and playing Hunter Green. Right. Right? It's like Domingo Herman. I mean – if we go by last year's example, a lot of times he, he did not pitch more than like 75 pitches for the Yankees. Right. Like, but he could, he could strike out eight and five. Like if he's very efficient, he could do, he could do very well. Now, Hunter green, on the other hand, the reds have thrown him out for 110 pitches before, even with him giving up three home runs. Right. And, and he struck out 14. I mean, like, like, cause they just give him a, a long leash. So his ceiling is so much is not tied as much to efficiency as Domingo Herman. So, like when you take a look at pitch count, like in that, why do you think my 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 favorite type of pitcher 
is is someone like Lance Lynn, mm-hmm. right? Trevor Bauer when he was in the league, right? The strikeout pitchers that could pitch 120 pitches. Mm-hmm. Like they have the highest ceiling. They may not be the, the best pitchers in the league, but it's so much more opportunity than than uh than uh, a guy like uh who who for uh for the for the Rays. What's his name? Oh, um, McLaughlin or whatever, whatever. Yeah, I mean they they Shane have a Shane right there's and yeah, they would McClanahan. never give him more than like sometimes he'd get. Oh no, he's all he's, he's already pitched ninety pitches. He's out in the middle of the fourth. Yeah, Joe it's Ryan like, was another one that had that. Right, but I mean, on if you looked at that, and it's like okay, I want to choose two pitchers. I'm going to choose two pitchers that. For the for the context of the slate, because obviously, someone with a twenty four percent strikeout rate, like, could be the highest on the slate. Some slates and some slates, it may be the seventh highest strikeout rate. So I want to pay for two pitchers that are more likely to go at least five innings for the win. I mean, to 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 go as long as possible, strike out the most batters. Go up against the weakest, the, the lowest implied team total. But to me, that's the sometimes the least important. I don't mind if they give up three runs, if they get t- ten strikeouts. It doesn't. I mean, from a ceiling perspective, it doesn't matter to me as much. They can make that up. And in general, because of the variance at pitcher is so much lower than the variance at hitter, I'd be more inclined to spend my money at pitcher. Yeah. Does that mean you spend for two twelve k pitchers? No, because then your sacrifice is that you can't play too high team total stacks, right? right? So it's like there, there is a give and take. You only have a 50K salary cap. But in general, I want to play two pitchers that can get strikeouts, right? Can last longer in a game. And that's pretty much it. And I want to eat a lot of times I'm spending somewhere in the 18 to 20K range mm-hmm. total, Right. 18, you know, you a 10K pitcher and an 8K pitcher. And it typically leaves you in 32K or so to spend on a 5-3 reasonably. You may not be able to have stack the five best hitters from whatever team, but usually you could stack, like, if you're going to stack the Cardinals, assuming these people still play for the Cardinals, mm-hmm. like, you may not be able to get Goldschmidt and Arenado. Like, right? But you you'll, should get one of them at least, right? Like, mm-hmm. you you may not be able to get Aaron Judge and Stanton, mm-hmm. but you should be getting one of them, right? You're probably not stacking the stacking the teams with with not the best hitters, so any of the best hitters in the lineup. So in general, pay up for pitcher and pay for strikeouts. Yeah, i I think that the the pitch count one is a really interesting heuristic to put in here because it, it really is. And I know that we're not getting super into context here, but I do want to give one context thing there that the price matters a lot on pitch count. And this, this can be, we'll get deeper into this later on. Maybe you'll talk about it more of the specific stuff over the week, but that context of, yeah, he has a 75 pitch count, but if he's 4k, and cheaper right, than well, that's about what that would that's value oriented. I'm I'm right, but that's we're the not, only we're, 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 we're not even talking about value oriented anything, we're just talking about raw. We don't have pro- once we have projections, mm. we don't have to care, like we don't have to care about 
raw versus value because we have that those numbers in front of us. These yeah, are for but- people that that how would I know something is of value or not? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I just want to know. I want to know what the best raw what are the best raw plays, and I'll just whittle my sure. way down from there. It's like the best way to do that is like who are the highest scoring teams to imply team totals, and who has the who is who is the top strikeout rate, pitch count, and and going up against the lowest team total teams. Sure. And if that happens to be, it's like oh, on this slate, it's 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 whoever. It's Blake Snell, and he's ninety seven hundred. It's like okay, I'm playing him. Yep. Like you don't have to know any other context. Like, yeah, can your lineups be higher EV with like getting the actual numbers, getting actual projections? Obviously. But we want to start from the heuristic standpoint so we have something to fall back on. Yep. Right. right. I'm doing this for two reasons, James. I'm going through the heuristics for two reasons. One, help people that, hey, this is a free show. Hit those thummy thumbs. Maybe you don't want to spend. You don't want to pay for Roto Grinders Premium, right? You don't want to click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Maybe you don't want to get Cardi's the bat projection system. Maybe you maybe you don't want to make your own. You you don't have no you, you're just you're playing more for entertainment. Because if you don't have projections to me are table stiff. If you want to be a serious profitable player, you need you need models. You need projections yeah, of yeah. some type. You make them rudimentary, make them your own. I have a way to turn player names into numbers. But if you don't like to me, I think you could. If someone wanted to spend fifteen bucks, eighteen bucks, whatever, the fadeaway on DraftKings or the four four dollar large field on FanDuel or something, and said, "I just want to have, I just want to have a competitive. I just want to know, I have a competitive lineup that has a legitimate shot mm-hmm. at first place that can't be that much worse than professional players' lineups. That you're more likely to get there on FanDuel." By whoever's the most expensive pitcher, play them and stack two teams of four. Yeah. Like, like if, if you just played the highest price pitcher, it's more likely that pitcher probably has the highest strikeout rate and the highest projected anyway. There are some cases where maybe the guy that's three that 300 cheaper may actually project better than that. But like I said, we're not talking about, you don't have those numbers. But in general, FanDuel, you're probably playing the most expensive. If you just, if you just did that every slate, for four dollars, I think maybe you end up breaking even. But I mean, like you, you probably have a shot at first. I mean, because we have because twenty percent of the lineups don't do that. Yeah, twenty five percent of the lineups may not even have a stack in their lineup. So like you're already ahead of all those people, and just build that lineup. And on DraftKings, it's a little bit more complicated because you have to play two pitchers, mm-hmm. so you have to divvy it out. Like, do I play up? Do I pay two in the middle? So it's a little bit harder. But just that's all we're looking for. And then the second reason I'm going through this is that for the people that are going to sign up for Roto Grinders, Combo Premium, get MLB and NBA, get MMA, get BGA, get all of it. Right? You're going to sign up. You're going to click on the link in the description. You're going to buy the bat if you want from Cardi. If if you do get that, people just get inundated by, by number. They go... Oh, all this stuff to look at. Do I do this? Do I? And then they go into lineup HQ. They're in lineup HQ. Do I? Do I play five, two, one? And I stand up my stack rules. And I have how many uniques? And they get through. They go through all of this. And next thing you know, I start getting questions that are like, like seventeen levels too deep. And I'm like, like, dude, this game isn't that hard. It's not. It's pretty simple. Like, just get back to heuristics. 
Like when in doubt, it's like, do I play this lineup or that lineup? It's like the difference between those two lineups are like the 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 how much one grain of sand is on a beach. Right. Either flip a coin or flip a coin or by default say, I'm just gonna play five three stacks. Yeah. Right. Or by default say, I'm just gonna play the pitcher with the with the higher strikeout rate. It's like, yeah, but did but they project a half a point difference. Just play the guy with the higher strikeout rate. Like, there you go. Just the end of story. Like, heuristically, if you have to make a decision on it, truthfully, the decision probably doesn't even matter. That's yeah, how I was going to say, man, 50-50. as soon as we get into the season and people are asking questions of like, oh, well, would you play this guy or this guy? And their their difference of half a point. It's like, do you know what half a point is in MLB? Half, no. You know what half a point is? It's a quarter of the way to a walk. Right. It's one ball. Yeah. It's, it's one literally ball. a single ball in a plate appearance. You know what one point is for a strikeout? It's one strike in a plate in a plate appearance. Like you just as, as long as you follow the heuristics and as long as you follow the general framework of how to build lineups, a lot of it just falls in place. And and that that suggestion of just play the most expensive pitcher on FanDuel and stack 4-4. I would love for somebody to just do that. The entire year, do nothing else but in the $4, just take the most expensive pitcher and then just, like, on lineup HQ even, just take most expensive pitcher, lock them in, set 4-4 stack, and just go. And just do it the entire year. And, and like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have less than, like, a negative four or five percent ROI like at worst at worst at Probably, worst. I, I'd say I I think that 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 with a limited amount of lineups you'd, you'd be profitable I I think you'd have a very good chance of being profitable like it if, the, if I'm you, talking about limited amount of lineups like you only play like five to ten lineups yeah yeah that's what I'm saying I, I think that I think legitimately if you were going to play it's so funny, Jordan, every year we have this discussion. We've had this discussion three years straight with baseball when we're coming into it. And we're like, if you were to literally just play this pitcher, like the most expensive pitcher, and just stack, you would probably have a chance at profitability in, in MLB. Right. Every single right. year. And that's because people don't listen. Because people still... Yep. Either it, either you still have people that put in bad lineups. Yep. Still got that all the time. And then yep. you have people that overthink it. And they're yep. just like, like, oh no, well, I gotta do this. And I got and then next thing you know, their lineups are all like wacky. Yeah. It's like, well, you did all of that. And and I'm not saying that those lineups are bad, but those lineups don't have any different expected value than the lineups that you made in half a second. And they spent so much time on it. Right. <laughs> People are building for like an hour and a half, two hours, and it's like we, we've had another discussion on the show where we broke down the amount of time that you can spend building your lineups to beat minimum wage. You remember when we talked through that? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had that discussion. And it ended up being, you would be better off getting a part-time job at McDonald's than building these lineups in terms of the ROI that a lot of people are spending. If you're right. spending like four hours building lineups and you're not, and you're not playing with incredible volume your roi is just shot the 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 top dfs players that that i know that multi-entry multiple sites most of them their 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 quote process is under 10 minutes yep 
Yep. So if you if you're building if you're if you I'm going to play single entry. I'm going to play three max. I'm going to play a cash lineup or whatever. Like, like I've shown I've sh- I've shown what my cash process would be in MLB mm-hmm. on the show. I I basically loaded in projections and clicked a button and said that's my lineup. Yep. <laughs> like, like there you go. Like, what should you be spending your time on? Like that's. That is what it, that is what it is. Like heuristically, like that's going to be better. Like anything you do past there, like you've already gotten 95% of the way there. So everything you're doing is only the last 5% of everything. Mm-hmm. And how much is that worth? Right. Is not. it worth spending four hours on? No, it's that to me, it's not. If you just enjoy doing so and you don't mind wasting the time, go, okay, fine. But it's not a good, it's not a good use of resources. Yeah, so let's let's add that in as one of the last heuristics here. Don't overthink things. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that is the I think that is the last heuristic. I yeah. What we discussed and don't overthink things. And also once you get projections, you don't have to you don't have to look like if if you had projections, all the the heuristics, some of these heuristics you could actually throw out. Yeah. Like imp- like oh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get the bat. I'm going to look at the projections and then I'm going to, then I'm going to choose the teams with the highest implied team total. Like that's already factored in the projections, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't have to do that anymore. Oh, I, let me pick the, the picture with the strikeout rate of like, you don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's already in the projection, right? Like all that, all of that type of stuff, it's already in the project. So once you have projections, what, what exactly are you doing? I want to build lineups heuristically five players from one team, three players from another team. So let me just see those lineups and give me, give me what, what are the highest projected lineups that look like that? Let me play those. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like if you just did that now, obviously you can increase the expected value of your lineup with leverage, right? With yep. now you're factoring an ownership, but that's, I'm not considering that a heuristic at all. That's that. Now we're getting to, to increase the EV of your lineup. But if you just wanted competitive lineups, you're like, I don't want to be, I, I, I want to make sure that, that like, I'm not just punting my money away. You could go to lineup HQ with our Roto Grinders projections, set the stat, set a stack rule of five, three mm-hmm. and click build one lineup. Yep. And then just play that lineup. If, if, if you literally just wanted to play one lineup, for the sweat or just, and you want to make sure it's going to like, literally that's it. You're done. You're literally done at that point. You're done. Yeah. So if that lineup is competitive and possibly plus EV, imagine all the stuff that you're doing out there, right? The audience looking at this, doing that, switching around. Like, dude, I just told, I could, I, I could go to some dude off the street. I go to my wife who doesn't watch baseball at all. Doesn't not, doesn't do any of this. I go, I go to my wife. I said, okay, I'm going to give you a bookmark and it's lineup HQ. And I'm going to give you a little video, a little instructions on how to, you could probably set your, you could probably save these as default settings also. So it's like, once you set the stack rule as a default setting and you have all the settings, it'd be deep, all you have to do is load those settings and press the build button. And then the, the lineup that you see in the, in the, in, in the first lineup, go into your app or whatever and, and put those people in. Yep. And then enter it into whatever 
GPP. Yeah. Like if I could tell my wife to do that and she would likely may possibly be profitable. It's a high likelihood that would end up being profitable. What, what the hell? Are you, how, what are you, what, what is anyone else doing that could be that dramatically different than that? That if that could be profitable to do so. So that's the overthinking part of like, yeah. like, dude, once everything is factored into all the projections and once you understand just why correlation matters so much in, in baseball and how the the batter projections are so much more high variant than pitcher projections, mm-hmm. like, dude, you could, okay, you want to build five lineups? Then play five line and like, oh, well, I want to build, I want to build a lineup with this pitcher. Okay. So click on that pitcher and then do the same thing. Five, three, it. And I only want to play this team in three out of the five lineups. Okay. So build three of those lineups and then X out that team and then build the other two lineups with whatever's left. It's like, well, well, I have the batter from, I have my, my five man stack is two, three, six, Eight, nine. Is that okay? Yes, that's fine. Is it five guys from one team? Yes. Okay. Stop overthinking this. That's that's it. You're done. All the plate appearance stuff is already factored into the projections. Mm-hmm. So you're getting the value of what it is anyway. So who cares if the oh you got to play one, two, three, four, five? Like, no, that's you don't you don't have to play. They're all, all the batters on the same team are correlated with each other. Mm-hmm. What happens if this guy gets pinch hit? He's a he's a platoon hitter. It's like, you know what? That's factored in the projections. <laughs> like, like everything's there. Everything's there. Just, just get him. But even if you didn't have the projections, you could probably get to the same, same lineups. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Coors has a 14 and a half team total. Has a, has a 14 and a half total with both teams with a seven team total. And they mispriced the visiting yeah. team. And, and the right. Giants are all priced at 3K. So now right. we have to play the Giants in Coors. Right. What do I do? It's like that. Build that lineup. You're good. Yeah. So anything yeah, else? No, we we have a couple questions. Uh, but the the heuristics here are for hitters: stack two teams as much as you can stack from both teams. If you're on Fanduel, that's four four. On DraftKings, five three. Uh, look for when you're stacking those. Look for teams with the highest team totals. For pitchers. Look to follow Blender's three rules of success for pitching, which is attack teams, low team totals, high strikeout rates, and high pitch counts. And the final and largest piece of this is don't overthink it. Right. There you go. Right. There you go. There you go. Do we need to bother doing any more shows? That's it. Yeah, that's MLB DFS in a nutshell. That's all. Yep. That's all. That's okay. All. Well, let's go home. We're good. I'm done. We're good. We're uh, gonna make millions of dollars. Millions of dollars, right? No? I plan on making at least tens of hundreds of dollars this MLB season. Okay, um, pretty good. ANS Comedy said, "How do you think about combinatorics? I get the theory of it, but how do you put a number on the different combos, even if it's just directionally?" Combinatorics is uh, combinatorics is a theory. the The way that you're applying it is really just saying, uh, "Here is a set." list of things how can i arrange them in all of the ways possible um i won't get super in depth in this but it is important to understand that the difference between a permutation and a combination permutations is all of the combinations of of things in a list uh without worrying about the order that they are in and combinations are worrying about the order that they are in no the opposite version the opposite is it the opposite yes 
Okay, sorry. Yeah, the opposite. So like a, uh, a permutation is one, two, one, two, three. Com combination permutation one, two, three, one, three, two. Like those are different from one another, but a combination yeah. of one, two, three, three, two, one is all counts the same because it's that's what I combination yeah. of three things. Yeah. So it's it's important to know the difference of those two things, but when you're thinking about combinatorics, mostly you don't have to think that in depth on it. Just understand the difference between combinations, permutations, and that's all you really need to do. Um, for the purposes of DFS, you care a lot more about combinations than you do permutations. Um, but if you want to get in depth on it, you can go study on Wikipedia. Or you, uh, or you could, could get the theory of DFS for advanced players. Or you could get theory of DFS for advanced players because we do talk about it in the well. Blender talks about it in the in the audio. Right. There's, a, there's literally an entire chapter. On it. Yes. Yep. We uh, talk about it in the fun that we talk about it in the first course, but we don't call it. We call it lineup construction. We talk yeah. about the concepts of combinatorics, but the more detailed mm -hmm. uh, I talk about in the advanced course. Right. Yeah. And so, for the most part, for the most part, you're considering combinatorics when it comes. For the leverage piece. Right. Not so much of like, like the projection piece. Right. Like come be meaning that individual player ownership matters less than combinatorial player ownership. Meaning that if this guy is high owned, how many of those lineups also contain player A, player B, player C, and how many of those blocks of four players are together versus lineups that don't have all four players together. So this is where it comes into, I mean, this is obviously, we, we, we'll, I can talk about this on, on future shows. I mean, this, right. is a, this is a topic in and of itself that when people talk about, oh, there's, let's say there's four high owned players on a slate and they go, well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to fade the chalk. I'm going to fade all four. It's like, you don't have to fade all four because they, they project very well. Like you're giving up way too much projection. It's like, well, I want to, I, it's like, uh, I want to, I want to, I want to, I'll play, I don't want to play all four of them. Well, some people are like, I'll play all four of the chalky pieces. I'll get different elsewhere. Mm -hmm. You're not getting as different as you think you are because the player block of all four of those players are in so many lineups. Right. Even if you just went to three out of the four, you've now eliminated a, a large percentage of lineups that look exactly like that. Right. Like just simply by only playing three out of the four by playing two out of the four, you're knocking out even more lineups that you're different from. And then there are also depending on the salary and positional distributions where, Oh, well this guy is 15% owned and this guy is 15% owned. And I'm going to play both of them together in a lineup with this high owned player and that high owned player. And it's like, well, you don't realize that the 15% ownership on these two players are primarily in lineups with the other two players that you just have in the lineup because that's why they're 15% owned because you have to pay down at power forward and pay up at center. And those would be the two best plays at those positions. And that's why they're 15% because you're playing the value shooting guard and the value small forward, right? Like you don't realize, yeah, 50% doesn't sound like a lot of ownership individually until if you extrapolated all the lineups in the contest, you'd go out of these 15%, like, 11 of the 15% contains both of those two players in it. Mm -hmm. Like you, you didn't get rid of a lot of combinations that you thought you were getting rid of because of combinatorics. So that's yeah. the way that lineups are outlined. You'd rather have similar lineups with similar projections at similar ownership 
at lower frequency usage. Right. So, like, if you could find a lineup that's like, okay, here's a lineup that projects at X, is owned at Y, that has these eight players in it, let's say for basketball. And it's like, I can find a lineup that projects for the same, at the same total ownership, but shares four less players with that lineup. Right. Like, I'd rather play, I'd rather play that lineup, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, mathematically, it's the same, but it's shared by less people. Even right. though it's the same total ownership, it's actually sh- the combinations of players inside of the lineup are shared by less lineups. These so, are there's a lot of lineups that if player A and player B both do well, <coughs> uh, it's tied to the results of player C and player D because they're in so many more lineups together. You'd rather have it that I want player A to do well, player B to do badly. And it ruins the lineups that have player C and D in it because they're in so many of those lineups. But I don't mind playing player C and D in this lineup because I'm not sharing the lineup construction of these other lineups. Mm. So it's like I'm not as reliant as these four or five players together. And you, you'll find this a lot. You you will find this in baseball yeah. because of the correlated nature of the sport. Yeah, we even talked a lot about it in the NFL when we were when we were looking at the uh, the permutation tool that we have for the the portfolio correlation portfolio matrix. correlation matrix. Yeah, we we have portfolio correlation matrix in the advanced players course for Theory DFS. We talk a lot a lot about that in NFL, and I'm sure that we'll talk a lot about it in baseball as well, where you can run together and see <laughs> what players have the highest correlation score uh, for the lineups that you enter in. And then you can go back into lineup HQ and you can set rules to make sure that you can avoid that kind of thing so that you still have really well-projected lineups, but you're now avoiding the most common combinations of the players that project well. Right, because you'll find, I'll I'll show throughout the season that tool, because you'll find that, oh, on the day where where this team is underpriced, like, oh, the five-man stack comes up for them, but who fits in that five-man stack? You'll see... Oh, it's Otani and Trout in the outfield. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if you're gonna if you're gonna play this the cheap twin stack for value, like a lot of those lineups are gonna have Otani Trout in the outfield, right. or they're gonna have uh, Aaron Judge, uh, Aaron Judge and 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 Anthony Rizzo or whatever. Like, and you go, oh, okay. How do I now? How do I play those teams, but just don't play the combinations of those? Mm-hmm. Like, I can still play the Twins, just not with Judge. Yeah, or I could still play the Yankees, just not with, with Jorge Polanco or whatever mm-hmm. you know, whatever player comes up more often. So you're playing the same teams, you're just competing against less lineups. So that's right. the basics of what combinatorics are. But good question, it's a really good question. So uh, let's get out of here, and uh, I'll, I'll be going over more MLB DFS stuff uh, throughout the course of this week and next week, leading up to Opening Day. James Pater underscore DFS on Twitter. Yep, Pater underscore DFS on Twitter and PaterDFS.com. Uh, I'm putting together all the baseball tools and everything like that right now. So um pretty excited to continue working through that. And we have basketball continuing through. We still have esports, we still have, you know, all the different things. So pretty, pretty good time to be a DFS player. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Give me those thummy thumbs. Uh send in your questions. Questions at theoryofdfs.com, especially MLB ones, because I'll be I'll be going through all the, the DFS MLB primer stuff this week and next week. So I'll see you tomorrow. 
answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do here Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.